Welcome to Baden Bulletin, where Catholicism and the people of Baden are seeking the loving face of the Eucharistic Lord. And today we're going to speak about the topic of the Mass, the Eucharist, and bringing the love of the Eucharistic Lord to others. And I'm always joined by my erudite and wonderful parishioner, Sarah Grace Mason. How you doing? Well, Father, how are you all doing? All the all of our Baden, our Baden, what shall we call them, Father? By Baden buddies. Baden, Baden bashful. <laughs> Some of them are bashful, <laughs> but most of them are just solid. Yes. Most of the Badenites, Badonians. That sounds like a donut. <laughs> The Badonians are beautiful, and, and they're, pretty, they're pretty talented, a lot of them. A lot yeah. of them are planting their crops now. Yes. Yes. We should talk about farming sometime, Father, because there's so much to learn mm-hmm. about God mm-hmm. and how he works through farming, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus took a lot of notice of the farming and the, uh, the way things grow and develop and how things die. How they're, yes. how they're stored, mm-hmm. all those things. So today we're going to start by kind of um, doing a little bit of a reflection on the Mass. There are many ways to refer to the Mass. Sometimes people say, did you go to church on Sunday? And that's a way of referring to it. Some people say, I attended Mass, which is another way to say it, and... I've heard some people say the holy sacrifice of the Mass. I remember one time I was attending a retreat and the priest was late. Not 10 minutes, not 25 minutes, like an hour and a half late. And For the Mass? And, oh. and the, the retreat was supposed to start with Mass. So when he came in, of course, you could hear a pin drop because we're all waiting around. You know, it was like me and it was a men's retreat, like 30 men, mm-hmm. right? So he starts to just say, I want to apologize for my lateness. Um, there were some things that needed to happen. And now, and it got very deep, we will prepare for the holy sacrifice of the mass. And I remember being kind of confused by that because I hadn't really thought about mass as a sacrifice. So turns out, of course he's right, that the, the mass is worship of God through really the method of offering sacrifice. Yes, it is. But we really don't think about it mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis when we go to mass. Usually, I think you're right, most people don't think of it mm-hmm. as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what it really connects to is the um, sacrificial system from the Old and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Old Testament had in its Levitical code, you know, the Levites were the priests. They were instructed by the law to give over certain things to God for worship. Yes. Yeah, they were told to give over grain, fruit, animals. These were the sacrifices offered up to God. And this would, not to like convince God of anything, right? Not to change his mind, 
but to simply identify that God is the creator and he has control over the human and for all, all aspects, the material cosmos. Right, right. And giving him the first and best of your crop or mm-hmm. of your, your livestock mm-hmm. showed that you... Well, I guess it shows that you're willing to give him the best of all that you have. Like you're, um, you're not keeping it for yourself. You're going to give him the best. Exactly. Even before the Levites came around in the Old Testament, there's a story of Cain and Abel. Yes. Okay? And Cain slew Abel. Abel yeah. was had flocks. Yeah. And when he gave one of his, you know sheep of the flock this pleased god right and then cain got envious of that devotion and of of that offering and so much so much so that yeah he got he got so envious that it it turned into uh, murderous rage yeah yeah and i think abel gave the very best he could give but cain just gave you know Mm -hmm. he gave because he had to give sort of Mm -hmm. like he didn't do it with all his heart Mm mm-hmm yeah, and then through the New Testament, of course, we know how God deigned to present to us the second person of the Trinity for our edification. You know, we were edified because Jesus isn't just the Son of Man, He's the Son of God. And so anything that the man Jesus did, because He's divine, shows us the way towards God. You know, it's the splendor of God sh- shining on us. And one of the things that he participated in were the sacrifices of the of the temple. You know, right. he would have gone to the temple, and um, mm. he would have had um, a participation at those ceremonies. And um, he would have done the um, the ceremony, or we could even call it liturgy, of the Passover yes. feast. Right. I was just thinking of that. Mm-hmm. So these were all moments of giving praise over to God and of allowing our material world to really be taken up into this great sacrament of union with God. And the Passover put a new spin on the sacrifice, too, because the lamb was sacrificed and his blood was sprinkled on the people. Actually, I think that goes back to Moses, like Moses too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Somehow the sacrifice was an atonement for their sins. It was mm-hmm. like the lamb was slaughtered in their place. Right. And they're in Egypt <clears throat> during the Passover, their houses were marked with the blood of the lamb. Mm-hmm. And then the angel of death passed over them. The Passover, he passed right. he over. He passes over the, the whole land. Right, mm-hmm. and he strikes down all the firstborn of the uh, of of every man, and then also the firstborn of every animal too. So the Egyptian does they didn't have a chance, you know. They didn't have any of the the warning, you know, of the justice of God and of His election of Israel. Yeah, they denied it completely, and so Pharaoh's son was was killed during yeah. this Passover of the angel of yeah. death. And all the Israelites, they were spared. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think because we we weren't raised, most of us weren't raised with like a Jewish upbringing. We mm-hmm. don't understand those stories mm-hmm. um, and how much they were in the mind and heart of Christ when he was on earth. Like that was so much a part of his culture. And then in the mass, we have him called the Lamb of God and there he is being sacrificed for us and giving his blood, his body and his blood for us in atonement for our sins. And it, you know, it's hard to grasp what, what's going on. Another really helpful part of this, Sarah, is that in any covenant, it had to be sealed. And usually the sealing was done in blood. Mm. And so yeah. in old, you know, sort of Semitic and uh, Middle Eastern culture, they had to basically um, destroy some sort of a animal or something to show that if this covenant, if I violate this covenant, then I am going to understand that just as we destroyed this animal, I will also need to shed my blood. I will be destroyed if I don't uphold the, the covenant. Oh my goodness, I never realized that mm-hmm. was the meaning of that's, that. That's, that's part of it. I know, right? It, so sounds, that, it sounds very intense. It does, but then it helps me understand why Jesus, oh my. It, it, it just, the gravity of our keeping the covenant with God mm-hmm. is shown mm-hmm. forth in that. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't, if we turn away, we don't receive the covenant that he's trying to make with us will be lost mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty grave, big, grave consequences. It, it is, it is. And, uh, and many times there are these allusions back to this sort of covenantal um, sealing with blood. Um, when Jesus was uh, being tried by Pilate and the um, enraged crowd was mm-hmm. saying, you know, like, you know, crucify him, crucify him. You know, Pilate says, shall I crucify your king? Right. You know, and they said, we have no king but Caesar. Mm-hmm. And so Pilate said, his blood is on your hands. Mm. And he washed his own hands. Yeah. You know, so it shows this sort of like congregational aspect of, of, see, of being sealed, you know, yes. and, and of upholding the, um, the demands and the stipulations of whatever covenant you're a part of. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because when we call the Mass the sacrifice of the Mass, mm-hmm. we're also thinking about it as the new and eternal covenant, mm-hmm. right? Which is what's said during the consecration, mm-hmm. especially of the chalice. And so as worshipers of God, we enter into church and we enter into sacred spaces uh, with you know, appropriate dispositions and, and you know, di- you know, a distinct approach to God, you know, we're not coming as, you know, those who need to be rewarded, right? you know, or those that are to be admired Mm -hmm. because we've walked into church on a Sunday, you know, now it is a sacrifice, of course, because a lot of times we have to get up and we have to let go of other priorities. Mm -hmm. But essentially what we're going in there to do is to participate in a sacrifice, which is a mystery. Yes, it is a mystery. Mystery of Christ's love. Yes. You know, recently, I'd say about two years ago, I um, attended the first Latin Mass. 
I think I may have been at one years before that, but I really didn't understand or comprehend anything. This one I actually went to of my own accord. I knew what I was doing, you know. And um, it really helped me understand this aspect of the sacrifice. Um, especially when I prayed with the prayers of the old Mass, which is where our new Mass, Novus Ordo Mass, developed from. Mm-hmm. You know, it was... Mm-hmm. Um, it helped me understand the new Mass even more and where it came from. Its roots are so rich. Like, it's um, really a, reading the prayers of the old Mass are like a treasure. They're, they're so rich with meaning and... Um, they purify my mind, like I don't, uh, and my soul. And I think it's because you're coming into contact with the sacrifice of Christ in um, a way that. That um, transcends the space that you're in six other days of the week? It does. Oh, it really does. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, I would encourage anyone who who has never read the Old Mass, to read it. Mm-hmm. Just read the prayers and pray with them. So I think it helps shed light on the meaning of the Mass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, and specifically about the aspect of sacrifice. Yes. And there's another great word I'm just going to throw out there for all those beta nights who are eating their uh, third donut right now. <laughs> <laughs> propitiation. It's a propitiatory offering to God. And what propitiation means is that we're offering so that we can be saved. Yes. Right? So that we can obtain forgiveness for our errors and for our waywardness and for breaking the love covenant that God has given. Yes. The the Old Mass actually begins with a psalm, Psalm 42, where you're approaching the altar of God, but you're acknowledging your unworthiness. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're preparing the priest and the, the server who speaks like for the people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're asking God's forgiveness so that they're able to go into this beautiful mystery, you know, and the priest, um, even the priest asks specifically for God's forgiveness and, and cl- mercy. And cleansing. Yes, mm-hmm. before he can... can step forward. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, before he can step forward to offer the sacrifice mm-hmm. in union with Christ. Mm-hmm. And we have a, we have part of that in the beginning of our Mass. Like, I confess to Almighty God and to you. You can see where it came from in the mm-hmm. old Mass. Mm-hmm. And um, it just it made a profound impact on me. You know, yeah, sometimes there aren't words really to <laughs> describe. When we call anything a sacrament, it comes from the Latin word sacramentum, which is also a translation from the Greek word mysterium. And so when we talk about a sacrament, we're really talking about mystery, mm. reality, yes. but presented to us because we are in space and time with limited cognitive ability. Yes. So we have to <laughs> approach God yeah. through a sacramentum. Right. Which is mysterium. Yes. You know, and so anyone who comes into church thinking they've got it all straightened out is uh, in for a good lesson. Yes. <laughs> right. Yes, it transcends this world, like mm-hmm. when you go to Mass. When you... That's right. Which brings us to, I think, the second part of our conversation, 
how do we show forth the love of the Eucharistic Lord? How do we bring that into space and time? We're there struggling almost in a mass, you know, we're there trying to come up with the right formula and the correct approach and sequence of saying things. Yet we know we really is, he really is with us, you know, in those moments of grace and of condescension. So we're all, you know, happy and like glad for that. But then how do we go out into a world that's broken and bring the Eucharistic Lord to the world that misses most of that? You know, have you ever read Elizabeth Ann Seton's life? Mm hmm. There's the part where she, her husband was sick and mm -hmm. they went to Italy to try to give him like better weather. Mm -hmm. And he ended up in a, like a, a, a dank, you know. Lazaretto, yeah, yeah. a prison mm -hmm. on the side of the ocean. Mm -hmm. And he got much worse and he did die. But Elizabeth was taken in by a Catholic family there. She herself was Protestant at the time. Um, and she tells the story of how she walked into a Catholic church and saw a woman kneeling down. Mm. She saw all the people kneeling down during the Mass, and um, they were, I believe it was at the part where the priest says, on you stay, Lamb of God, you know? And she experienced, the reverence that she saw was so impressive to her the reverence that the people showed towards Jesus in the Holy Eucharist helped her to come to faith in Christ in the Eucharist. And, um, and the reverence of the woman she lived with who had such a deep faith in Christ in the Holy Eucharist. It seemed that they went to Mass daily, right? They had, I think, a priest come to their house even. Mm -hmm. um, and they would carry Jesus through the streets and ring a bell, mm -hmm. you know, for if they were bringing him to the sick. Or, mm -hmm. And Elizabeth, she was open. She was so open to God and seeking God that he was able to communicate to her. Mm -hmm. And she received the gift of faith in, of him in the Holy Eucharist. Yeah, one of the impressive things is that during that time period, she was Episcopalian yes. in a very hoity-toity community right. of New York City. Yeah. And she had all the privileges that were afforded to somebody who owned their own business and yeah. who she was also very skilled at teaching yes. and socializing. So she had all these connections, mm -hmm. you know, all these friends everywhere in high places. And when she vocalized that she wanted to be a part of the Catholic Church, she was similar, 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 how do you say that? Similarly? Oh, yes. Is that how I you say so. it? I think so. I'm having like my third donut. It is, a <laughs> it is a feast day today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I'm going to have visitation. a few. I'm going to have a couple donuts today. Legitimate love for the Lord who is with us even in a wonderful way on a feast day. Oh, yes. Some, some, she was dismissed from her family circle. Yes, you're right. She lost all her friends, even all the students that she had at the school. Most of them left because they didn't want to be around a papist mm -hmm. or a Catholic. That's right. She really bit the bullet, so to speak. Like she, she was willing to give up everything for Christ in the Eucharist. And then later, when she was very sick and on her deathbed, 
at that time you fasted from eating or drinking, like from midnight the mm -hmm. night before till you received Christ in the Eucharist. And here she is on her deathbed and she refused to drink water mm -hmm. so wow. that she could receive Christ. Mm -hmm. And then when the priest brought Christ in, she started saying, give him to me, give him to me, give him to me. Like she was madly in love with Christ. And I really think that's the best way to show him forth to the world is our own mad love for him in the Eucharist. That's what's going to draw other souls. They're, what, what is this? Like this love that this person has for Christ. There's got to be something to this, you know, like let's go check it out and see what it's all about. Um, like the Sacred Heart and, and Margaret Mary, you know, mm -hmm. that's another beautiful story of that. We had Pentecost Sunday, and one of the themes that I communicated was the theme of fire. Mm, yes. And that fire is going to burn. Yes. You know, fire is meant to burn. Right. And when the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Father and the Son, came upon the early church, yes. this burned a fire into someone's heart, namely the believers. And even after you know, trying to clean up, you know, let's say you had a forest fire and you've gotten, you know, all the seedlings planted again and all that, it actually helps them to grow. Right. Because of the burning, it has produced this like newness that has to like soak into the ground. A rich soil. A yeah. rich soil. Yeah. So I tried to say that like, you know, there was a burning that took root in the heart of every person, you know, at, at Pentecost. And it, the fruit of it immediately was faith. Yes. You know, the people who came in from all the other nations for the Jewish feast, they heard Peter and they and the other apostles speaking in their own language, and they started to, you know, they started to just say something wonderful is going on. The great deeds of God are, are being proclaimed to us. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It's amazing, and and we're really in that same church. You know, we're really in that same burning, you know, that the, the soil is rich, you know, and the seedlings need to be planted, you know, and, and Jesus talks all the time about how a sower went out to sow, you know, and he scatters seed wherever he goes. You know, some seed falls upon, you know, the, the hard ground and immediately is scorched, you know, some seed falls on, you know, some, what is it, the, among the weeds, Right, and it and it, it a shallow soil, right, rocky soil. Yes. And so it takes root immediately and springs up, but it it doesn't last very long. Right. Yeah, and there's other ones, and then the seed that falls onto rich soil, right? Yes. Produces thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. Right. Right. So like this is a promise. This is something mm -hmm. that we can expect to happen. Right. So in that sense, mm -hmm. I think in confidence, we should, you know, we should obey the Lord and just spread seed wherever we can. You know, some of it will fall on rocky ground. Some of it will fall on the path and be eaten up by the birds. Yeah. But we are meant like we are fashioned by the hands of God to communicate this wonderful, almost unrealistic opportunity that mm -hmm. I can be loved by someone who has no interest in how, you know, sort of like virtuous or like how, you know, like much I struggle, you know, 
but he loves me, period, you know? And he's going to grant me so much in this life. In fact, yesterday was a daily mass where Peter said, Lord, we have given up everything and followed you. What can we expect? Mm -hmm. And then Jesus says, he who has given up houses, lands, you know, mothers, fathers, children, for my sake and the sake of the gospel, will receive all of this mm-hmm. back. 100-fold, yeah. 100-fold. Yeah, yeah. It, I think what you're saying um, is so important because the more we draw closer to Christ in the Eucharist and the more we let his word soak into our hearts, the more we'll experience his love, like you say, where of course he wants us to be virtuous, but he, our sins can never stop his love for us. And, um, and he's there for us in our worst moments. He's the first one to reach a hand out to us and draw us back to his heart, you know, back into the covenant, back yes. into his love. Yes. And to then, refresh us, not to mm-hmm. demean us and not, not to right. shame us. No, you know, to, so many times those who are more important, they feel like, you know, to get even more important, they have to shame someone else. Oh, no, right? he never does that. He would yeah. never do that. No, he just wants us to be with him now and forever. And he wants to love us. That's it. And yet it, we have to be willing to give everything up for him, you know, like Elizabeth Ann. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not an easy road to be on fire with love for God because it means that that fire is going to be burning inside of you and it's um, it's going to come up against, you know, the fire. There's like another fire in the world, you know, that's not for God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's artificial. Yeah, it's it, it destroys. That fire... Mm-hmm. Um, it destroys and it tears down and um and there's no growing from it right Mm -hmm. yeah but with so i guess what i'm trying to say is we're gonna have to say no to the world Mm -hmm. in order to be truly ablaze with the the right kind of fire the fire of christ the fire of the holy spirit and um and that's not always easy it's not. And one of the prayers I've had recently is um, that our faithful Catholics and Christians would return back to Christ in the Eucharist and in the scriptures. And then once being filled up, they can go out and fill others. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I love so much about our church is that it gives examples of this through the saints. Yes. And through the um, the witness of good works in the world. Yes. Yeah, so the works of mercy, especially the corporal works of mercy, seeks to help those who are materially impoverished mm-hmm. to help to bring them some sort of comfort. Yes. And this is what Christ did so yes. often, you know, with the prostitutes mm-hmm. and those who are emotionally, yeah. you know, sort of impoverished, you know, the tax collectors, um, you know, the, the lepers. Mm. Right. And um, one of the prayers I have is that there's a there's a whole year coming up right now of um, Eucharistic revival, and one of the prayers that I have is in my in my parish in my mission we can start to increase the sensitivity to going out and shining the love of the Eucharistic Lord to others. 
you know, especially those who are, you know, yeah. impoverished physically, right. emotionally, spiritually. One of the quotes there is from a, um, a recent um, publication says, um, do you wish to honor the body of Christ? Do not ignore him when he is naked. That's St. John Chrysostom. Yep. That's what the saints understood is whatever they did to the least of their brethren they were doing for Christ. So it's like that fire that was burning in their heart at the liturgy, you know, that love of God, like a bonfire of love for God that was burning inside of them, drove them to love Christ in the poorest of the poor. Or, And you're right, that's what we should be doing too. Because if we're, if we're going to the liturgy, oh, I love the liturgy, I love the Mass, but then we're rotten to our neighbor, you mm-hmm. know, or we're like, mm-hmm. there's there's something wrong because we're not we're not embracing the full truth the full word of god you know and that's actually what the problem with the pharisees was cuz jesus kept saying i desire um mercy not sacrifice mm-hmm. he kept and, reminding and, and, them yeah in respect to the community that they they had authority over yes you know and they had responsibility to protect Right. Yeah. He, it was he he didn't want people just to be like about rigid about okay, this is how we're going to do mm-hmm. our sacrifices and we're going to follow all these rules and we're going to be mm-hmm. we're going to be perfect in the eyes of God. And he was like, you're missing the whole point. Like mm-hmm. it's both and. Yeah. So, what's interesting, Sarah, is in Baden and Aquasco, we are going to have our Eucharistic revival kick off with a Eucharistic procession. So Beautiful. You've heard of Corpus Christi Sunday? Better believe it. Oh, yeah. So this is going <laughs> to happen, and um, people might say we're crazy, but the idea here is on June the 11th, we're going to have our procession starting at St. Michael's and going all the way to St. Dominic's, which is the mission church. How far is that, Fabi? Uh, five, uh, 5.6 miles. So, wow, that'll take you like... Like an hour and a half or so. It will maybe. at least take an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I told the people, you know, because I'll be, you know, vested with the cope and the humeral veil. I'll say, I'll do my best, but can someone please scoop me off the pavement? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You're going to need like Moses. Moses had Aaron and. Right. Was it who was holding his other arm? Oh boy. He had two people to hold his arms. I don't think it was Miriam. No, it was another, uh, another one of his like relatives. Like Levite or something. Mm-hmm. So he had two people holding up his arms so he could hold the staff. You're going to need that, Father, when right. you're holding Jesus. That's you're right. Gonna need... Yeah, I'm going to need people at my left and my right. Yes. So and That's then, beautiful, Father. Yeah, then after... And by the way, we're going to have a police escort in oh, front of okay. us and behind us. Good. So they're yes. going to be stopping the traffic and then leading the traffic around us. That's, That's the hope. Great. So please pray for that. Yes. Yeah, and so I think people can feel very, you know, confident that we'll have a good day. And then at the end of the procession, after benediction, we're going to then have a little cookout at the um, nice. at Saint Dominic's, and everybody is welcome. Oh, at Saint Dominic. Yeah. So if you can't come in procession for a couple hours, you know, yeah. come and visit us at Saint Dominic's. So everything starts at two thirty at Saint Michael's, and then two oh, thirty. Okay. Mm-hmm, in the afternoon. And then the procession will start there with the police escort. And then from there, it'll take about two hours. So about 4, 4.30 will be benediction. 
and then the cookout at St. Dominic's in Aquasco. Father, that really is kindling the fire of the love of Jesus. I mean, that is so awesome. I love it. Oh my goodness, I'm going to tell everyone about this. We should get everyone possible here because, I mean, we're walking bef- behind our king. We're adoring him. We're worshiping him. Mm-hmm. And right through Baden. That's right. And this is what should happen. It's, it's really the church's request is that there be a procession at all churches so that the local yes. you know, kind of population can see this devotion can, and can see and sense this sort of um, excitement about what we believe, you know, the source yes. and summit of our faith, the mass, Jesus consecrated in this host is yes. now our leader. Right. You know, he is our exactly. fear, fearless leader. He is. You know, I, I often meek. he's meek. He is meek. Yeah. I, I often kind of um, get disconcerted because young people today don't have heroes, right? And they a lot of times spend a lot of time on virtual things, mm-hmm. you know, their phones and on their yeah. games and stuff. But if you want to have somebody you can look up to, look no further than the monstrance, you know. Look no further than you know Christ mm-hmm. being held in the hands of a very humble priest. I used to have this t-shirt. It was one of my favorite t-shirts. I used to wear it all the time. And it said, on the front, it said, who's your hero? And then on the back, it said, would he die for you? Mm. And it had a list. On the back, it had a list of all these popular, like, people, you know, and movie stars and, you know, basketball mm-hmm. players and all that. And mm-hmm. then it said, would, he, would they die would they, Would they? Yeah. Yeah. That's the question, because Christ... That's what he does for us every Mass. And so I do want to encourage everyone to do that, to, to come to our, our church on uh, June the 11th, uh, 2.30, to check it out. And uh, we will have um, a car there in case someone gets overheated or needs water so that they can oh, you know, step into the car with air conditioning and things like that. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I won't watch them so that I don't uh, get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to have a canopy over you? Yes. Yeah. So it'll be a little bit of a little shade if we need it. And the other thing that Baden Bulletin has, uh, has recently announced is that Vacation Bible School will be happening at the end of June. So it's the last week of June. We just put a sign out, a banner out on the front lawn. And so we would really encourage people to start to register for that on our website, ST Michael Baden. No S in that, except for the ST, ST Michael baden.org and uh, the cost is just for the t-shirt this year Uh, we had some generous donors uh, earlier in the year so uh, we were able to meet our expenses that's wonderful so yeah for for five days the children will be gathering to listen to um, catechesis and song and also we have usually about 20 minutes of Eucharistic adoration each each afternoon with them oh that's wonderful yeah so everyone go ahead and think about signing up yeah. It'll be the last week in June, and uh, it's at 9 a.m. is the start um, time each day, and then it's uh, finished at 2 p.m., so lunch is included. What age range is able that to come to? That is from pre-K four years old okay. until sixth grade. Nice, okay. And then anybody older than that, they can uh, register as a volunteer, and we can Got show it. them what okay. they can do to volunteer. Perfect. Yeah, so volunteers are also welcome to register. Great. Good things are happening, Father. Good things.
Well, Beta Nights, if you've had a few donuts today, that's okay. Just get out there in the hot sun and get those crops planted and those weeds pulled. And I think we're going to be a, a pleasing offering to God this year. May it be so, Father. May it be yeah, so. Yeah. May our hearts be burning with love for him. Amen. Amen. Yes. So we'll conclude, and, and the next time we have Baden Bulletin, we, uh, we're thinking about actually bringing somebody from Baden onto the show. So that would be kind of fun, because they know a little bit more about how to plant crops. I think we should definitely do that. We have a lot to learn, Father. We have a lot to learn. <laughs> so thank you, Sarah. So, well, it's so nice to talk to you. Always good to be in your presence. Ditto, Father. And we're praying for you, everybody, and may God continue to bless and edify you through his love and mystery. Amen.